Hi, I'm Marty Grizzani, and this is The Marty Grizzani Show. As a full-time real estate investor and business owner, I have a real fascination of finding the key principles for business success and personal development. This show is a reflection of my personal mission to find out what truly makes somebody successful in business and in life. We will find tools and tactics that they've used to reach those levels. If you're the type of person is not satisfied with average and you have a hunger for learning that will never cease, this show is for you. Welcome to the show. You know, it's interesting. So guys, you know, for those that don't know, I have on today, Julie Camardo, and I'm really excited to talk to you, Julie, because, you know, that's five generations of being in business, your companies, Weigels, everybody knows Weigels, guys, this is, you know, you're crazy if you don't. We could talk about the history and we could talk about all the great things that you guys do for the community, but you can hear that on other shows. I want to talk about the business. That's why I'm here. Um, you, you know, I, we know what great jobs you guys do. We know that, you know, one of the things I was talking to Ken Glazer about was that there has been so many businesses who were in the city of Rochester, right? That started in the city of Rochester and then they moved out of the city of Rochester. I give you guys a lot of credit because it probably may have been easy to leave the city at some point. Maybe there was opportunities to leave the city at some point, but you didn't. And you've uh, just recently, you guys, you know, invested even more money into the city of Rochester and even more money into jobs into the city in some of the parts of the city that, you know, may not be uh, an area that would be invested in. So I just want to give you a little bit of a, a little hand clap here because I, this is where I'm from. I take it very seriously. And I think, there should be more companies who, just like you've talked about in the past on other shows that, you know, yes, we love to support the community. They support us. But at the same time, you know, an area that needs a lot of support is the city of Rochester. And so I keep mentioning this, um, but there's some big companies and I know there's some coming in now, Constellations, Kudos, you know, all that good stuff. But there's a lot of companies that don't have a footprint in the city of Rochester that certainly easily could. So. Um, thought process to you was that a decision you have always thought hey this is what we're going to do was it the family thought hey no we're not leaving even if to go to the suburbs whatever like what was it for you guys to stay and, and why is that important to you yeah so a little bit of history when the weigels was back you know back in 1880 when it first established they obviously was in the city um it's over on joseph and kelly and then the by uh, great uncles, they expanded it. There was a second building. So they had the storefront with the store and then a second building where they did some refrigeration and smokehouse. And, um, but the city, uh, ended up, they actually asked Swigles and other businesses, they asked them to leave. So urban renewal came and they sort of kicked us out. Um, and my grandfather did look for a place outside of Rochester. Um, for some of those who are listening, what one of the locations he went to was in Henrietta. And they he went, I actually have some of the paperwork of like the meetings he went to and the boards and all. And so the long and the short is that they said, no, he couldn't be in Henrietta because there was already another uh, manufacturing plant in Henrietta. And I believe that plant at that time also did slaughtering. We have not ever done that. Um, so they didn't want that there. He had a number of employees that were in the city. So it was a little bit of a zigzag, but they ended up purchasing where we are today was a former meat plant. And by the time I came back in, I don't say 2002, 
um, or when I start, you know, joined the business uh, more seriously, I had worked all my like various positions. I say a lot of the time here. Um, they were already in process of talking about options for expansion at that point. So my grandfather and my mom were still very much involved in the business, and I am, um, and you know, at that point, we there was a decision made to ex- expand the current business where it was. So when we looked at options and we looked at it's not just expanding uh, as we kept growing, but smaller expansions we had done, um, a few of them, we, you know, added on a little, like, added on a little bit of a warehouse space once it finally made financial sense to do that versus storing offsite. Real estate people would understand that math. There's a big ROI. That one's pretty simple, but, you know, it takes a little bit of time to get there. Um, and then we put on a smaller 5,500 expansion where we do a some different type of business in order to diversify. And then again, what you're referring to probably is our most recent expansion, um, which was in 2020 completed. And the sort of part of the reason why we did it all locally, there's a couple of things. One, um, and we did, you know, we had some conversations like completely out of state. We did look at other real estate in the area, in the city. And then we talked to, you know, um, another developer, to, you know, consider other properties in the uh, Monroe County area in general. So we had a few things to consider. One, where do our employees live? Where do they live and work? So that's really a big consideration. And how would that affect our business? And then two, what investments had we already put into the building in which we're in? And what could we take with us? What couldn't we take with us? And you know, believe it or not, we have some smokehouses that are pretty much built right into this building and we still use them today. But even the the newer ones that we have, those things are just, they're, they're expensive to move, they're hard to move. And so really it just made sense for us to, um, to, to stay here in Rochester in the city. There are challenges where we are in the city of Rochester, what, let alone the real estate. And since, you know, this is real estate, the real estate investment, there isn't, this isn't really an investment property. I should clarify if anybody's questioning, it's not. Um, we don't get our bang for our buck for what we put on this property. We didn't do it for that purpose. We really, it was about all the other things that I mentioned. And then really the base of our, like success and why we're here and why um, regardless of like the city, the county, the, you know, the area that we're in, it's because of the people that have supported Zweigel's all, all these years. And so, you know, as we're looking to grow, we always, you know, look at other options and what would that mean? In reality though, our still our employee basis is here, right here in, in the city of Rochester um, where, where it started. So yeah. I love it. I love it. No, I think that's, that's everything. I mean, it's, uh, it's the investing in the people. I think that's really what it comes down to is if that's, if your employees are here and you're making it as easy as possible for them to make sure that, Hey, your job's right around the corner or it's, it's an easy drive or it's an easy bus route, whatever it might be to get people to the the job, you know, that's, that's what you're going to do. And that's what you did. So that's why, that's why I say kudos to you. Um, Let's talk a little bit about, you know, taking me back, right? Take me back to, you know, I heard you say before that you were, you, you know, obviously grew up in the business, but also, you know, grew up in working in the business, 
as well. Like your your first couple of jobs were at Zweigel's in you know the different uh, the different areas of the business. You know whether finance, sales, the floor, all those different things, and that's really important. Um, was it ever in your head at 21 or, you know, 22 that you were going to then at some point take the realm uh, of the Zweigel's empire? Like what, what was your thought? Like, what did you think? Like, what was it going to be? Or were you like, I always wanted to take this thing, Marty. You have no idea what you're talking about. Um, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't know that I did. I did have numerous different roles through, you know, I guess through our lifetime, but that's what, and you're in a family business, that's what you do, I guess. Um, no, it wasn't what I thought I wanted to do. And I was living in Maryland when making the decision to come back to Rochester. And uh, it was, at the time I realized my grandfather was getting older. Um, my mom was, you know, going, my mom was taking a more serious role in the company, an active role. And it was just in the businesses, uh, my sister and myself, she did not want to be actively in the business. And I wanted to see if I was interested in the business. So I like said, Hey mom, I'm interested in coming back to Swaggles. And it's, um, so she's like, well, I have a job for you. I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> so it's not like now where there's, there's plenty of jobs to be had. So, you know, in the end, um, I, there was an opportunity for me. I actually did end up coming and I, there were some uh, roles and responsibilities on her plate that I ended up taking over that were in my wheelhouse. Um, I was in sort of HR kind of recruiting area. But from there, you know, I've done, I did position, I did roles like that. I did some finance work. I spent some time, I mean, I've, I've spent some time on the shop floor. So in the lab and in the kitchen, I had... I had in college spent time in our packaging area. So we spent more time in areas where I hadn't um, done deeper dives per se. And it was really important to be able to understand that part of the business um, for me going into it because I truly wanted to see like, is this something I really like? Do I enjoy being here? And, and some of it, it's, you know, it's, I love the product. I I love the people that are here. They are family to me in many ways. I grew up with a lot of these people um, watching, them watching me grow up, I guess is more like it. And at the Mm. same time, there's this also just really great pride of being able to continue a longstanding family business in, um, you know, I guess we'll say in Rochester. I think it's pretty amazing. And I'm proud of that. That's awesome. That's absolutely. And you should be proud. I think it's great. And I thought, I'm assuming your mom was probably thrilled when you called that day. (laughs) No idea. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even ask her how she felt. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. That's awesome. I, well, I'm sure that uh, the company is in in, uh, in, a, in better in a better condition because you took it over because it's still in the family, it, and that's a very tough thing. I mean, you know, you see a lot of these. Like, what's your thought? You see a lot of these companies where at the third generation, right? It's like tough times lead to tough women. Tough women lead to easy times. Easy times lead to weak women. Weak women lead to tough times, right? So there's this circle that happens. And, you know, you, unfortunately, the generations below don't have a lot of times that same grit or maybe the same urgency to, you know, kind of take it to the next step. And a lot of times those three, you know, second generation, third generation businesses fail. Why are you guys different? 
That is a really great question. I, um, you know, my grandfather was third generation and I know that he loved, you know, he loved the sausage making part of it. He learned a lot from his two uncles, just, you know, in a very different way. He probably more intimately grew up in the family business because things were very different back then and how you worked in a family business. And he he did a wonderful job continuing the family legacy. So he took it over from Zweigel Brothers and, and it became Zweigel Inc. And he made some very um, smart investments. He he also was very cautious in other areas of the business when he was um, took over the business when some other, because there were other similar businesses in Rochester at the time. And so some of those businesses, um, you know, didn't, didn't end up continuing on for various reasons. My grandfather ended up, you know, making investments in certain areas. He, he partnered, you know, we partnered with some great sports organizations and we did a lot of hard work with, um, with Wegmans and the Wegmans companies. And then at the time, you know, Topps was also a family owned business as well. So recognize the importance of that, recognize the importance of, um, and maybe in the meat industry, it's very common, but the customer service part of it. So we are very strong in our customer service, um, working very hard to make sure we have good quality product, but then also serve our customers well. That came from, you know, whether it be when we think like a big retail store, uh, such as like a Wegmans um, and Tops for, you know, or, you know, the smaller stores, the smaller mom and pop stores that people still go to today. And then food service, you know, you have just you know, you, the charbroils of the world. You have your shalers, you have your big rays, Tom Walls, you know, lots of, you know, family businesses in some ways that, you know, have changed over the years. Um, you know, I could still continue to tell a story like the Sundays, Sunday drives. That's that's where we were. We were going to the restaurants, eating hot dogs. <laughs> I love that. Uh huh. I love that. Yeah. What a way to like keep the connection with your fan. I mean, what a, just like an experience that you remember, obviously to this day, and uh, and how important it must have been for your family to do that. You probably didn't really recognize it at the time, but it was like this was they were doing really just the the poppins on their on their customers, right. Um, you know yeah. what I mean? And it was really just, Hey, how can we do better? Or checking out how people are eating it? Do they like it? Are they buying it? I mean, it's really just, it was probably all of it. And, uh, that's probably a little bit of the secret to the success is yeah. doing that stuff. Yeah. You know, it was a lot, it's a lot of everything. So it's the running a business in the state of New York, not always the easiest thing to do. No, it's hard. Yeah. It They're making hard. it harder. And, you know, over the time in that third generation, my grandfather, you know, he worked hard, stood the test over time, really invested his, his own personal time, talent, and treasure into this business. Mm, I like that. Time, talent, and treasure. Um, yeah, because what you basically said to me is, hey, we're just constantly trying to bring value. We're trying, we're constantly trying to bring value. And that's the separator is, you know, at the end of the day, we have really put an emphasis on value, whether that's customer service, whether that's in the product, whether that's making sure our people are taken care of, making sure that all those things, and it's just, it's value, value, value. Um, so let's take me back to the, um, maybe I guess to some decisions that you've been making or that you've made, like, can you think off the top of your head, you know, you, you said you took over in 2002, or is that when you came back in 2002? 
Oh, that's when I came back. They took over in 2009. Took over in 2009. Um, you, you know, you had mentioned, I guess I'll kind of make it a little easier, but you mentioned uh, doing some coaching and mentoring. How important is coaching and mentoring for you? And, and what do you think for other people when maybe they are, you know, stepping into a role that might be new, that it's a, it's a tremendous role and there's a lot of responsibility. Did coaching and mentoring really help get you prepared? And would you suggest it for everybody? I do suggest uh, always personal development, how a person chooses to search out and seek their right personal development. You know, it differs for everybody, but I absolutely do. For me, um, you know, it was a little bit of a coming in for a role and, you know, needing and knowing that there was still growth that needed to happen, still learning that needed to happen and getting support from my you know, my, my key management team and I got and the board of directors supporting in the process. So coaching has multiple levels. So the type of coaching that I have, I use, it's a, I'm in Vistage and, you know, we get one-on-one coaching. There's our group meetings. So we meet together and we discuss issues and problems. And usually when somebody has something that comes up, you're like, yeah, I have something similar. And then you learn, you know, you have experts that you learn from. And then the team itself just uh, collectively together will help each other out on, on issues that come up and opportunities. I say issues, ne- they're not always negative. It sounds ang- negative. Opportunities that come up that need to be addressed uh, and where we can help each other be successful. Uh, it's always just constantly learning. So uh, unless, you know, if you're not always wanting to constantly learn, you know, that's, I don't know that certain levels and roles are, are, are right for you. But there is always a need to make improvements, to, to gut check yourself, to find out what you're doing. And depending on sometimes the level that you're at, you know, who, who do you report to? So everybody else, you know, people who are a lot of real estate people, if I'm, you know, correct, I think you are your, your own, like you do, you kind of report to yourself. So in a sense, yes. right, they're hardworking. They have to try to get their own clients and it's not necessarily an easy thing. So no, I 100%. I love that. I think a lot of it is, you know, to first of all, to do coaching, you have to really believe in yourself, right? You have to believe that it's going to be worth it. And you have to, but I think it starts with just like a, a confidence in that, hey, I'm the type of person that can, you know, do this role. But I know that because you have to be self-aware, like, hey, I'm not going to be able to, right? You know, I'm not going to be able to take this right over quite yet. I, I want to be the best I can be. And if I just go in, that's what a terrible attitude if someone were to say like, and here's why businesses fail. This is why family business fail is because they don't think they need it. When that, you're the person that needs it the most, anyone who thinks they don't need it the most. Right. And, uh, and that's why I think it, it's a lot of like, are, you know, who are you? What, what type of person are you being self-aware? I think is a really key element to being a business owner. Do you think so? Yes, self-awareness is very important. Um, however, you recognize that term and vulnerability, knowing your own strengths and weaknesses is extremely important. And then being able to know how you, if you want to, you know, what if, if there are changes that you want to make um, and how you want to you know, act upon that. But extremely important. If you are in whatever role you're in, it's always important to evaluate yourself in some way, shape, or form. And sort of like, you know, it 
just you need to be open to the fact that nobody you're not you're not going to know all the answers you are going to need help uh, at some stage of the business you know i don't care who you are you can't you can't sell a house on your own somebody actually has to want to sell that house somebody has to want to buy the house right you have to have financial people that have to help people in real estate or a property or something so we can't it's not all done on your own maybe once it was but it don't, it's not anymore um lots of legal right everything's a team so you can't do anything on your own and at the same time it's really important to be like you said it's just extremely important to be self-aware you 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 think people are better for their own team knowing where they are and it's and it's also okay to express to your key group your your trusted um members and say here's here's what i'm working on here's the things that i need to prove upon you can call me out on them if I, you don't see me doing these things you can support me in these ways and i you know and you might also take the time to have them recognize what areas they need to improve upon and work on but first you got to do it top down top down it's never bottom up and yes never it's top down well i love that you said that um you know in a way it's like you know you got to be vulnerable yeah. because you're getting coaching right and that might be a complete mindset shift for somebody even thinking like i never even thought about coaching i never even thought about how i would let somebody kind of in right and being so that's where that vulnerability comes from but at the same time uh again i think it's important to think about how that you want to also be held accountable and a lot of people maybe don't necessarily want that they may say they want it but even like you went so far just to say that you'll want accountability even from your you know your executive team let's say or your key group right and i, and I think that's huge and, and hopefully they would want that same thing as well because if you're both trying to be better we, you kind of have to have yeah. that right you some you know not every team and and it's perchance not every team may have that feel that we have here so we have that family business mm. feel here we do we care about each other we want to support each other if we want to do well we want to be successful and there are um there are always opportunities, challenges that we have to come across both personally and professionally. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of times um, when we talk about opportunities, issues that come up, sometimes it's the personal stuff that might get in the cloud space of the professional stuff. Mm. Some people are really good at putting that aside. Um, but when it when it's really hard stuff, I haven't met a single person that can just completely block it out without it affecting them in some way, shape, or form. What do you suggest for those folks that are having those situations? Like for me, I would say, hey, you know, what's your workout routine look like, right? That's a pretty, you know, that's easier said than done. But if you're not doing it, then I want you to do it, right? So what do you have any sort of like, um, is there a process for like, hey, so let's talk, you know, first of all, talking about it, knowing about it right. is huge so that you can, you can even know there's a problem. But is there a... Uh, uh, what, what would you say to people about that? So, you know, if someone's having a personal issue, you know, you sort of have to, we have to be aware of the person, like, who are you talking to? Everybody has different ways that they deal with their own, with their own challenges. Some people are better at hiding them than others. And that's when a lot of questions, you got to ask questions. 
talk to people. I don't mm. just talk to, and I don't necessarily just talk to my key team. You know, we get on the shop floor and I talk to the people on the shop floor and I ask them about how their day is and what's going on. And, you know, you, I mean, at some point people like to talk about themselves and then they're, but, but truly to get to the root of them, you also have to know who you're talking to. You just necessarily walk up to someone you don't know, although sometimes people do just tell you things. <laughs> but in reality, you know, it's just trying to find out, hey, why are you having a good, like, what, what's going on? Or why, like, hey, you're having a great day. What's going on? Tell me what's so great. Or, um, you know, what's, I notice that you're, something's just not right. Mm. And it's usually being aware of other people's, um, I guess, their, all, all of their whole kind of person. It's having strong. So not only, you know, it's important to have IQ skills, but it's really important to have those emotional intelligence, that EQ skills to hone in on people. It's more than just, um, it's not, you're not going to see it in an email, but you're going to know, you might notice something in body language, in their tone of voice, in the way they show up, in um, how they are working around other people. And sometimes, you know, like I have sometimes I, I was there was a period of time not too long ago. I it was like a my office was sort of this this open revolving door. I'm like, come in and sit down and tell me what's going on. Sometimes people are willing to open up more than others right away. Other times, you know, it just it takes a little bit. But ultimately, a lot of times it's it's something that's bothering people that might get them stuck. And, and hey, it, it can be work-related. It's not all, I don't want people to be like, oh, it's only personal issues. Weigel says a lot of It's not what I'm saying. Oh, they must have a lot of personal issues over there. <laughs> it must be one messed up family. <laughs> so we have, but it could be inter-office. Like, I mean, people in the office, you know, yeah. different personalities, there's conflicts, there's, yeah. If, yeah, if you have people, there are challenges. Everybody's got different personalities, so... You know, it's trying to resolve those as quickly as possible. I think that uh, that's why you guys are so successful. I think that you having your, you know, obviously, you know, you're a psychology major, right? And so having that sense, listen, business is psychology. It's so much psychology. It's running a business is completely, you need to be like everything you just said, perceptive, know how to read people, know how to immediately engage um take the temperature of the room when you walk into it to know what the heck is going on and do you think all of those things do you think that and and maybe even just because you like it too do you think that's been a really key part in why you are successful as a ceo i think that um that's a hard question to ask because i think it's a really critical skill to have in today's day and age, especially as the workforce compared to when my grandfather was first, like when he was running the business, there was a different work ethic. And today's work ethic is very employee focused. It's you have a variety of people. I have multiple generations that are working for me now. I mean, you know, from baby boomers to the generation, I think I could have, I'm not sure it's generation Z, are they 18 yet? I don't know, maybe borderline. Um, and so you have people that view the world differently, view work differently, and trying to understand all of that and how in the future. So I have people that eventually, you know, they're 
and retiring and so I'm preparing for that but it's how the new upcoming workhorse is going to be working for working with me never for with like that Monday back back when you know when they work with me absolutely we, we do this together we're a team those mean things and you have to be aware of how you're going to in the future manage your people and so yes I, I think that having that sense it's one aspect of it that's not the whole aspect of it but it's definitely I think a bigger portion of it than it used to be absolutely I love that. I love that. I think that's great. And uh, I appreciate that. And it's been really impactful. And I, I know we got to wrap up here. So sure. uh, a couple of questions for you, Julie. F- feels like it flew by, but it, and it did. But um, if there was one metric that you could track in your business, is there one that you look at maybe weekly, monthly? And it could be just, listen, brother, I'm looking at my P&Ls. I mean, it, it's that easy. Or I mean, or is there one It's like, hey, actually, it's more of like our culture. I can kind of tell if they're in it or not. Like, what is it for you that you're looking at, that one metric? Yeah. I can't say we have one metric. We have many metrics that we view on a weekly basis. Um, anywhere we do, you know, sales, sales, sales dollars, we do pounds. Um, you know, in terms of financial, we look at our, you know, it it runs the gamut depending on, um, you know, we look at our cash, which is important. That's important to look at. We look at net operating, net, net. (laughs) I want to be clear. Yes. Not gross people. Net. What's, what's the actual amount that's coming into your coffers? Yeah. Net operate, operating profit. So, Hey, we sometimes drill down. We look at specific meat costs as well, because that is a big driver of our business and a very big percent of, um, you know, we're a service business. So that is an important thing for us to look at. If that's going up, we need to make changes. We watch it's a, it's a leading indicator. And then we also, you know, look at, Metrics such as um, any, you know, customer complaints, quality things, safety incidences. So, you know, our overall company uh, efficiency, we look at those metrics too, just to see how we're doing. So we have a variety. Um, hey, Julie, I said one. I know. I'm just kidding. You just I love said it. one. And I, I love it. just say one. <laughs> no, you're right. I love that. I think that's, it's, you have to have your KPIs and, it, and obviously you have to have them all. And if you're, uh, looking at those weekly, that's, that's amazing. So I, I love that. Okay. Business book. Do you have a, a business book or what are you reading right now? Is there something that you're reading right now or a podcast that you like or a YouTube channel that you're watching that you enjoy? Let's see. Reading right now. Um, it can be fiction or nonfiction. I, I was about to say, geez, like when my son is reading a book about Lincoln, so I'm kind of helping him read that book or sometimes okay. I get sucked into those things. So I don't sure. really think that's it. Although I was like, oh, I didn't know that happened. So that was kind of, so <laughs> I, like I guess it. I'm not reading um, any particular good. book, but um, I'm trying to think. I mean, e- we do EOS. So, ah, um, yes, entrepreneurial operating system, and I highly recommend. So, for a business our size, I think it's a really great read. I highly recommend the, um, I guess, the management process of it. It's been very helpful. It's not the end all and be all for everything, but it definitely was. A, it's a good tool for us to to use and to guide. And so, um, there are multiple types of books that are in that same kind of family. Yeah, EOS for those who don't know, it's usually for um, 
for companies that are maybe like 15 employees and, and larger. So, uh, and there and there are some people listening that have uh, that have that. And so, if they're thinking about how they can maybe get a little bit sharper and how can they can maybe turn that some whatever it is that mess, like Jeff Cook had uh, at Cook Properties was talking about, you know, the, the the policies and procedures that he had to to really take it to the next level to scale it. And I, I think EOS was a, a big part of it. Uh, Julie, last question for you. If you lost it all today, right, <laughs> and that's never going to happen because of all the loyal fans. But if you lost it all today, what would you do? Lost it all today. That's never going to happen. So I can't answer that question. <laughs> it wouldn't be going back to psychology, right? I won right? the $2 billion. <laughs> right, right. It, but and if you did. come to work the next day. <laughs> that's dedication, people. Uh, Julie, thank you so much. I appreciate you uh, taking the time. I know you're on a shot clock here, and I know you got to run, so I want to be respectful of your time. So, uh, guys, that was Julie Camardo over at Zweigels, the CEO of a you know five generation family business. Everyone knows Zweigels. Everyone loves them. Julie's actually. I was going to ask the question, but I already know she's a white hot girl. As am I. I'm a white hot girl, and. Uh, so, Julie, anything you want to leave these people with? Do you have any thoughts, feelings, uh, anything where they could find out more information about Zweigel's other than going to the, you know, Wegmans grocery store? Uh, okay. Um, not, you know, we're, I, hmm. well, follow us on social media. If you do social media, we have a great, um, an amazing person who does a lot of our social media. So we are, we are in the old school Facebook that's where you might find like me at, but I know that Instagram, Twitter, um, uh, LinkedIn. So if you aren't already following us, um, you know, yep, check out our webpage. We have some, we always try to update our recipes if we don't do something, obviously on social media, I guess that's where people go. And let's see what else to share. I don't, I don't know. Just keep, just keep watching. Cause yeah, we're, we're still here. So yeah. And they're not going anywhere. So not that's it guys. I appreciate your time and uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace. Thank you for tuning into the Marty Grizzani show. If you're listening on Apple podcast, leave us an honest rating and review. If you're on Spotify, make sure you follow us for weekly episodes.